0: This message comes from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. September 26, 2021, James 3, 13 to 18. Have you ever had to distinguish between what is an edible fruit and what is poisonous? It's not always easy by looking at the surface. Growing up, our yard was filled with different kinds of fruits currants, grapes, raspberries, plums. Even the, the woods around us had wild grapes and strawberries that you could eat. But when we would visit our grandmother's lake home, nestled in among all the raspberries was another fruit. It was a bright red and it looked like an appealing, tasty fruit. But it was impressed on me that that fruit was poisonous. You wouldn't think it by looking at the surface as the berry boasted of its brightness. But if you would eat it, it would be bitter and cause great pains. Distinguishing between the edible fruit and the poisonous fruit was not so easy by looking at the surface. That's what James says it is regarding people and wisdom. He says there are two different kinds of wisdom. One of them produces good fruit, the other one bitter and destructive. How do we distinguish? James outlines for us in chapter 3 of his letter, and we see how worldly wisdom is bitter and produces bitter fruit, but godly wisdom produces sweet fruit. James, first of all, presents a challenge for us here in chapter 3, and he says, Who among you is wise and intelligent? Of course, we know how the world around us would answer this. The wise and the intelligent are regarded by the world as those who are healthy and wealthy and popular. The world highly regards those who attain what is considered the best life, and it looks up to them. But James's challenge isn't interested in answering that question by looking at what the world thinks around us. No, he wants us to see how God would answer that question. Who among you is wise? Let him, by his good way of living, show that he does things in wise humility. You see, wisdom eventually shows itself. We might regard the sports hero, the the major athlete among us, as wise because of their way they can have a healthy body and take care of their life. But are they wise when they reveal behind the scenes that they can't even get along with their own family? And the world might regard the the wealthy among us as wise, those who have attained great wealth. But are they really wise when you see that their family is in shambles and they can't even get along with those closest to them? And maybe they're struggling with an addiction. And the world might say that the popular, those people on the screen in the movies are wise. But are they really wise when they too struggle with addiction, hardship and pains of this life and just the basic things that wisdom would call for. Who is wise? Ironically, James says, the person who's wise won't be boasting about it and showing you. He says, let them show it by their wise humility. The wise person isn't going to flaunt their wealth. The wise person isn't going to stand in front of everyone and taunt their abilities or their skills. And the wise person won't be the first one to jump on the stage at the party. Wisdom is found in humility, not in boasting. Nonetheless, the wise of this world will will boast of their wisdom. But they're like that, that poisonous berry, making a good show on the surface, but not really being good on the inside. James says what is on the inside of worldly wisdom. If you have bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast and lie contrary to the truth. Behind the wisdom of this world is selfish ambition and bitter envy. And it may put on a false front of boasting, but it's a big lie. James is basically saying to all those who practice worldly wisdom, stop it. You're not fooling everybody. And you're certainly not fooling God as you try to put on a good show. The worldly wisdom around us lives by that selfish ambition and bitter envy. Maybe you at one point might envy that popular high school classmate, but would you really envy them when they can't even get along with their own spouse anymore because they've been chasing after the woman in their life because they envy the marriage of others? And the, the world might parade the movie stars around us as they attend those expensive galas and they get all the attention and they're popular. But isn't it just a false show? As They're really living by envy and they're living for their own selfish ambition. It's producing bitterness in their life. And yes, the, the world might say, look to that athlete and that a person who's achieved high success. But if it's just selfish ambition... They're just putting a false show of wisdom, worldly wisdom. After all, what does worldly wisdom amount to? James describes the source of the wisdom of this world. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but it is worldly, unspiritual, and demonic. These are the the three enemies of God so often mentioned in Scripture, The devil the world and our sinful flesh the wisdom of this world reflects the way this world operates you know I always found it kind of interesting when you watch some of the special features that are contained on different films maybe you know what I'm talking about it's that special feature which does an interview of the actors of the film and at first it seems humble as you see the actors praising one another as phenomenal actors and directors within the film. But there's something off. As they're praising one another for being so great, aren't they really just boasting about how great their film is and patting one another on the back? It's self-promotion. But this is where it really hits us. What those people do is they boast about their movie might seem like it's good and attractive on the surface, but bitter envy and selfish ambition can be found in every heart. You see, James is not just writing to the sports heroes, the movie stars, and the rich people of this world. James's challenge is written to believers. Who among you is wise? Selfish ambition, he says, can be harbored in your heart And we can end up putting on a false front, too, as the people of God. Maybe the the Christian might find themselves attending church and worship, but as they return home to their lives, their family sees it behind the scenes as they struggle with drunkenness, and they yell at their spouse and their children. Maybe the Christian might be putting on a false front if they do that, but they're not fooling everybody. Inside is bitter poison. What selfish ambition, what envy is harbored in your heart? You might be fooling some of the people around you as you chase after and envy and destroy as you, throughout your life, put your wisdom and the wisdom of this world first. But James points out, that's not wisdom from God. That wisdom is the wisdom of this world which is decaying and will be judged. That is the wisdom that is found that is unspiritual, not of the Holy Spirit, but of the sinful flesh. And it will be held accountable along with the sinful flesh. And it might seem like the boasting and putting yourself first and ahead of others is going to accomplish some good for you. But James points out the source of that is demonic. You're not serving self. You're ultimately serving the plans and purposes of the devil. You know, some people point out that envy and selfish ambition might be the original sin and downfall of the devil. That in selfish ambition, he wanted to be like God and that he envied all the gifts which God graciously gave the man and the woman in the garden. And so with envy and selfish ambition, the devil sought to destroy the work of God and take away from the man and woman all that God had given them. And the man and the woman lost in the wisdom of this world, end up doing what James says here. He says, This wisdom is worldly, unspiritual, and demonic, serving the devil. And in fact, where there is envy and selfish ambition, there will also be disorder and every bad practice. The man serving on the church council who's putting forward his own agenda and it's really his own selfish ambition and envy of others, might be putting on a good show as he serves, but in the end it will bring disorder and bad practices. The man who's putting on a a good show to his friends and neighbors about how nice and polite he is, but behind the scenes is a drunkard and who can't get along with his spouse is sowing disorder in every bad practice. And whatever it might be, to whatever extent you and I might harbor envy or selfish ambition, it is not wisdom from God, but wisdom from this world, and it will produce disorder and evil. And along with this world we'll be judged, with our sinful nature we'll be held accountable, and with the devil and his angels will be thrown into hell. That is a bitter fruit and a bitter end for the wisdom of this world. But there is, as James says, another wisdom. And unlike the wisdom of this world, it is not of the devil, the sinful nature, and the unbelieving world. No, it is a wisdom, he says, from above. Instead of being from the three chief enemies of God, it comes from our triune God. The wisdom that is from above is from the Father. And the Father sent his Son, Jesus, who is wisdom, Jesus, the Son of God, came down from above. And as the wisdom coming from above, he took on human flesh. And Jesus really fits this picture of wisdom that James gives us here, this wisdom from above. He says, The wisdom that is from above is first pure, that is holy. Jesus was pure and holy. With no envy, no selfish ambition, Then also peaceful. Instead of sowing disorder and evil, Jesus came to bring peace. Gentle, a word that is close to humble. Jesus came in gentle humility to this world as wisdom from above. Reasonable, also a word that can be translated yielding, submissive, obedient. Jesus yielded to the Father's will and was obedient to the Father's plan full of mercy and good fruits. Everywhere Jesus went, he spread mercy and produced good fruit as he taught the people the word of God. Impartial, Jesus welcomed every sinner. No matter how bitter the roots in the past had been as they followed worldly wisdom, his forgiveness was free for all and sincere. Jesus was not hypocritical but indeed pure and when he spoke the truth it was truth and always remained true jesus is the wisdom that comes down from above and this wisdom that comes from down from above is described by the apostle paul in philippians chapter 2 he says let this attitude this wisdom from above let it also be in you which was in christ jesus who though he was by nature god Did not consider equality with God as a prize to be displayed, that is to boast. But he emptied himself, taking on the nature of a servant. When he was born in human likeness, and his appearance was like that of any other man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. You see, wisdom is eventually shown by its character. Jesus became obedient as he faced what we deserved, the suffering and death on the cross and the punishment which we deserve to be thrown in with the devil and his angels, he faced for us in our place on the cross. The wisdom that is from above is peacemaking, full of mercy, and does not bring division but brings back together to God. Jesus, our wisdom from above, gives us the example and the attitude that we are to have as we follow him and trust in him. There really are two kinds of wisdom. One kind of wisdom, which is boastful. Another which is humble. One kind of wisdom, which is praised by this world because it deceives and it's poisonous on the inside. But the other one is true and does not have anything to hide. It's sincere. One kind of wisdom that is of the devil, the world, and our sinful flesh. The other kind of wisdom that comes down from above, sent by the Father, the Son of God, who sends also his Holy Spirit. One kind of wisdom produces fruit that is bitter and brings disorder and evil. Another kind of wisdom that in humility and truth is full of mercy and peace and brings good fruit. James concludes here by saying, regarding the the wisdom that is from above. The wisdom that is from above, he says, a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who practice peace. Jesus, who died for us, rose again, and he has a harvest of righteousness in store. You and I have been brought to peace with our God because of the wisdom who took on flesh, Jesus, our wisdom above from God. And he has a harvest of righteousness, which he has sown as the living God. That harvest will be gathered in as his gospel is spread. Produce peace. Sow a harvest of peace. Turn aside from the wisdom of this world to forgiveness and mercy of your God found in Jesus. And as you follow and trust in him, produce good fruit. Worldly wisdom is bitter. Godly wisdom, sweet. Amen.